welcome to Unspoken Dialogue with Takia Daly, myself, who is the host, and I am a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Connecticut, and to the right side of me. Cynthia Thomas, I'm a seamstress and spiritual worker, and kind of Jane of all trades. And on my I left. I heard that Jane of all trades. My bad. Um, <laughs> it's okay. My name is Maurice Eastwood. Uh, nobody calls me that. Everybody calls me Splash. Um, I'm a newly licensed. Uh, well, I'm a master of social work, um, business owner, therapist, uh, just jack of all trades, right? Jane of all trades, jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. Easy cop out. <laughs> <laughs> and Splash, where does that come from? Um, so funny enough, uh, I got an uncle, everybody thinks my older brother. Um, that was his name. But also we played play sports and stuff like that, so you have to kind of earn the name from basketball. But it was kind of passed down from my uncle. It's like my older brother. Oh, so it's like a 2.0 type of thing? Yeah, like, okay. I don't play Splash, and I don't play Splash. Okay. But I'm not little anymore, so it's just... Yeah. Nice. Well, we're definitely ha happy to have you. Um, from what I... I don't... We never met each other, but from just your yeah. social media presence, you're well-known for a lot of things you do in the community. Um, from what, you have a store? Yeah. Your book? Um, and then now you, you have the Seek Therapy... Um, you said it was a message. Or how did you? Brand. Brand. Nice. And today's conversation is based off of just trauma. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to kind of get a clear understanding of when you guys hear the, without your education now, when you guys do hear the term trauma, what, come, what came to mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is childhood. I guess for me personally, because that's where most of my trauma came from. Mm -hmm. um, just experiences that we have that are so impactful, because remember, it's it's all your perspective. Um, so things that happen that have been impactful to you, mm -hmm. that have, I guess, rewired or changed some chemistry going on. Mm -hmm. And when was the first time you kind of was able to identify your experiences as being traumatic? When I recognize my reactions to them, mm -hmm. you know, um, if my mannerisms or body language was changing, if I was snapping, then I knew like, wait a minute, something's going on. This is not how I should be reacting. Why am I reacting this way? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'll give you an example. My first trauma that I finally got over was of a, a, a violent trauma, but it didn't happen to me. It happened to my sibling. Mm -hmm. And I was young and I remember and as I got older, I remember there was a plate thrown and my mom still had these plates. And every time I see these plates, I would like tense up. And I was like, why? And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. But then once I identified it, it's like, okay, that, that was their issue. I have to remove myself and heal from this. Exactly. Yeah. What about you? Uh, which part is the question? Just like the whole idea of trauma. Like when you did, when you do hear tra trauma. What is your like definition of that? Uh, before I became aware of certain things, I would say my definition of it was just to just be like, I didn't have a definition of it. I didn't know. I didn't know what the word meant. Like I never, I don't remember ever using traumatic or trauma in a sentence until I went mm. to school. To be completely honest, like I don't remember ever using that word. Yeah. Um. So like, my first idea of like. 
when trauma became a thing. I didn't. I was going through things not knowing that they were traumatic. Um, you just look at it like, then some shit happened. Oh, my bad. I don't want to no, bad. So yeah, like then some shit happened, and then now you're on high alert if it's gonna happen again, but you don't realize the patterns in between both. Funny enough, like I wouldn't say that the trauma stuck out to me or bothered me really until I became educated on it. So sort of, I was sort of in a better space with traumatic things until I became educated on what was trauma. Exactly. So if it was up to me, I would have rather not known <laughs> what trauma even was by definition. Because mm-hmm. then you start identifying things and it's like shit. And then you start thinking all the things that happen. Put all the things shit. together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then like based on where I'm from, um, shit, the trauma list is like mm-hmm. laundry list. Yeah, and and I always tell people, um, when it comes to just Black people in general, we don't experience a traumatic event. We have reoccurring traumas. So it's not like we just experience, I hate to say this, but we don't experience one slap. We experience a thousand slaps, which is a thousand occurrences that you often have to um, to cope with. So when, when I'm doing a lot of trauma work, it's like people have a hard time um, fully grasping just one situation because it's just like the domino effect. It's just like I just can't put a, a terminology to one incident without overlooking or feeling confused about everything that has happened um but in regards to trauma you guys bring up a very important aspect it's the behavioral component even as therapy like when people are seeking therapy they're coming there they're coming in with like the behaviors like i'm experiencing this i'm experiencing this i'm experiencing this and most times i always say like as a therapist i already know your issues like when you tell me your behavior issues and we we're doing the intake I already know what we're what we're facing against, but it's just like I will steal that from you, especially if you don't have that level of awareness. Um, and in mine was a very similar situation in regards to my experiencing experiencing my trauma. I just knew these these situations were distressing, but when I took myself outside of my environment and was educated on, it, I was like, wow, like that's 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 some intense shit, um, and we don't talk about it often. We normalize it, and um, a lot of a, tra- a lot of the trauma assessments we typically go off are basic, more so like domestic, right? So it's that verbal, the psychological, that neglect, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, and it's like, or if you witnessed abuse within a household, but then we also when you go, when you grow up in the hood, you have those environmental factors which causes vicarious trauma in some way, um, and a lot of uh, I think what I want to do is be able to kind of push this conversation in a way where we can identify like how that motivated us as adults because we it seems like we have developed that awareness as adults and when you did start to slowly like unpack your traumas what did that look like a mess (laughs) um i had learned to compartmentalize everything Mm -hmm. and so when you unpack you're like how much stuff did i force like into these compartments thinking oh I'll deal with it later oh I had so much to deal with Mm -hmm. but once you had the knowledge of it and you're you have the willingness to work on it it's like you get through it faster Mm -hmm. if you're not standing in your own way oh that's not my issue that's not my problem yes it is Mm -hmm. I own my stuff I own my mess Mm -hmm. and then once you own it you can sort through it oh I don't need this this is this is this is my mom's issue. Why am I holding on to this? And this is my dad's issue. Why? Nope. Mm-mm. I don't have as much junk as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then again, I always, it's, one thing I always run into is people just have 
the lack of recall. Because we do live in, well, we did, we are born and raised and kind of raised in households where what stays in here, what happens in here stays, stays in, in here. here. Um, and when things did happen, there was no follow-up conversation. Never. Right? It was more so like, I remember having a conversation with one of my clients. It's like, we never really received an apology. It was like, are you hungry? Like, do you want something to eat? And it was just like, you we still were, want that dog? <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's just like, things are happening to us. And of course, as children, like, when we don't have that vocal, like uh, most times trauma is hard to, um, some traumas can't necessarily be talked about, especially when you're experiencing them in your nonverbal stages. And with us black folks is that we're, we're nonverbal for years, not just like the first three years of our life, no. but since we can't talk about nothing, no. a lot of things mm -hmm. is the hypervigilance, the body experiences we are um, encountering. Um, which makes it very difficult for us to talk. So when you are putting your when you're, when you're seeing these kids have significant behavior issues that they can't vocalize, a lot of it is because they have no understanding. No, it's the rearing. Fix your face. Who are you looking mm -hmm. at like that? Don't talk back to me. You know what is talking back? If we're having an educated conversation, mm -hmm. there's no talking back. You know, I can respect you. You can respect me. I have a 13 year old. And we have conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no talking back in my house. If you need to say, Mom, I didn't really like such and such. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad you feel comfortable enough to come to me and tell me that. Mm -hmm. Where if I had said that, my mom would have said, go get a switch. Right. So, like, you're also put in a position to experience invalidation. So, experiencing this discomfort and being told that, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. Which just kind of like makes you feel like you, you ever like experience your trauma and then like you're re, like you're recalling it and you feel like oh maybe I'm like adding stuff to the mix. <laughs> it's like like for me it's a little different right because living with my grandma, you know, me and my mom had a little different relationship, so I was always told to speak my mind, like but just knowing that whatever comes from it comes from it, so if it. If it, whatever resulted in it, resulted in But I always got whatever off my chest, so I ain't had to mm -hmm. live with that shit. Sometimes, but now my aunts and my uncles are closer to the age of me. So I grew up with them, but they're still my aunts and my uncles. But it was a lot of like, man, fuck you, you talking to? <laughs> now, whatever came from it, came from it, you know what I mean? But, like, it sped me up to, like, being able to, like, speak my mind and stuff like that. So, like, my traumas came from, like, more, like, seeing things happen. Or, or it happening to me. But, like, the home traumas... Those are more vicarious, like you know what I mean. Like, fortunately, me, I was in a house where I didn't have no, I didn't have no uncles or aunts touching me in no weird ways, none of that stuff that I hear people go through. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have to go through any of that, which is fortunate. But like the other shit is like, I was telling my friends some of this stuff. Like, I remember <clears throat> it was one day, um, something must have happened at the wreck. I was probably like eleven, not nah, probably a little young, yeah, like eleven, and like. 15 cops came to my house, like, guns out. Like, it was just me and my grandmother. They was told that we was doing something. I don't even remember. But it was, like, told my grandmother, like, get on the floor. And I'm like, what? Fuck no. Like, mind you, I'm in the middle of shit. So it's, like, you know, super scrawny. Just, they like, get on the floor. And I'm like, hell no. It just hit me in my stomach. Put it both on the floor. And it was like, I didn't even know you could report cops then. And I was too young to even know what to do with my grandmother. See, it was just like. But then it's like, damn, I remember laying there looking at my grandmother like, boy, on the floor. And it's like, like, what? Yeah. You know, like those type of things. Or like, 
certain things that could be traumatic because you find the beauty in it and you kind of grab it from a different perspective of like being financially incapable to do certain things. You know what I mean? Or, um, you know, like I've had some crazy run-ins and situations that like happened to me more closer to my adult years that have made me super paranoid, um, heightened my anxiety, like I was telling you about where I go, being mindful of what, um, I couldn't imagine being like a nationally or internationally or worldwide celebrity, non-celebrity and just being out there like that. Mm -hmm. That's why when I see people like, I mean, you use Kanye for example, and you're like, oh, he, and I'm like, Yo, you guys don't understand how hard it is to go somewhere and you can't walk in and walk out. Like that shit, like, you know what I mean? And then wondering, like, is somebody just gonna run up to me and do something? Like, that shit is just unlocks a lot of things that people don't really understand. But, like, I've had situations where it makes you, like, is your question something that you already, you've always known. Mm -hmm. Like, that's white for sure. But then I said, some shit happens, like, yo, is this shit really white? You get to scratching and scrubbing, and I was like, damn, like, am I bugging? You don't really know. So once you get to a point of, like, doubt, then your traumas are like, it's nothing you can do. Like you're buried under them shits. You feel like there is absolutely yeah. nothing you can do. And then again, like how you said, it's like, once you become aware of these traumas, am I heightening my traumas or am I removing them? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why like, when I told you when I wrote the book, like I made the spiritual bag the first and the most important part. I don't care what you do with the other four or what order. Cause you have to put that apart first because it was like, I didn't start unpacking my traumas until I caught myself writing about spirituality and those things of what trauma looked like um, without mentioning trauma. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to trigger someone's trauma while reading yeah. about ways to remove your trauma and adding to their trauma. Okay. You know what I mean? But the thing about, I always say my clients, being triggered is a beautiful thing because it allows you to But you said the word, client. But some people are just sitting there with no one to... You're right. Let it out too. Mm -hmm. So in that space, we're in a space of like hierarchy because we're in the space to help them. Mm -hmm. But you've had to know how to help someone. You have to know how to help someone no matter what stance they're coming from. Exactly. But then are you of that small percentile of people who can actually help themselves? That's mm -hmm. a whole different yeah. thing. Because some people do a great job helping people. And you think that their life is amazing and their life is on fire mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like when i was working on mines it wasn't to compartmentalize it you know it was more so like i'm completely removing these like that's not a thing to me anymore like yeah. you know what i mean so when i was working on mines it's just like and i mean i don't really talk about it it was in my books so i could talk about it it was like it was like 2017 yeah like 2017 i mean i'm in a car broad daylight broad daylight i just finished up my book bag drive and um, I just gave out like mad book bag. I'm feeling great. Like everybody, my neighbors happy. We're all happy. We're having fun. Mm -hmm. I went to like a day party with one of my friends, and randomly, I don't to this day. I mean, I believe in God, and I also believe that the universe is gonna give you what you give it. Which okay. again, to me, it's God. I don't know how you want to flip it. Yep, it's all one. Um, um, people always get mad at me when I say, "Oh, God in the flesh," and I say, "Like, look, He lives through us." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I'm in the car and. Tell my homeboy, like, yo, go ride with him. Like, literally, he rode there with me. Made him leave his car to ride to an event with me. 
And I'm just like, yo, just go ride with him. He's like, what? But for some reason, he didn't challenge it. When he said, I'm like, bro, just ride with him, bro. Like, what the fuck? And I don't know why I was talking to him like that. I'm <clears throat> telling them I'm going to meet them, but I know I'm not about to meet them. It's like one of those, yeah, yeah, I'm going to see y'all there. I'm going to see y'all there. I know damn well I'm not going. I get to the light, bro. My car just gets shot up mad times, right? Like mad times. Like I look to my left and it's like 95 degrees outside. I look to my left and I see somebody with like a hoodie and like a ski mask. And I'm like, I think nothing of luxury. And I'm like, literally having an outbreak. And like, nigga, this nigga about to shoot you. I don't even know why. I don't know. I'm like, this nigga about to shoot you. I look to the left and like, granted, you know in the movies when like, you know something's not this big, but it's this big. But in real life, and I, that shit was like this big. It was almost like I was seeing inside of it. Wow. And I'm like, damn. Like, I remember it's, it was like a quick thing, but it was slow. And I'm like, damn, nigga about to kill me. And all you just hear them shits. Like, shots is ripping, 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 ripping. And it's so crazy, right? Like, it's not funny, but now I can smile about it. It's crazy because, like, I remember jumping out the car. So I was able to jump out the passenger seat of the car because there's a car parked in front of me. Mm. I'm at the light. So it's a car in front of me. And like, I jump out the passenger side of the Jeep. And it's not an accident, nigga, because my window is down. Like, you can see me. I seen you see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I jump out the passenger side of the door. Car is like, ends up rolling. After when it, must when you hear the shots, the car in front of me must have eventually pulled up. See some people from upstairs looking. I'm like, what happened? I hear my name being called from people upstairs, but I think I'm tripping. So when I first come to my, like, I want to say literally jump back in my body, I'm like, oh, nah. Was I, did I just fall asleep and think I was being shot at? And I wasn't? Like, what the fuck? So now I'm laughing at myself. like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, go walk into the car. I'm not really embarrassed, honestly, because of my thing. I'm like, nigga, you about to die. I'm thinking I was in a dream type shit. Mm-hmm. So I get to the car and see all the bullet holes. I'm like, nah, nigga, you was not dreaming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, to be able to drive around in the regular time without tents, without this, without that, stopping at the lights. I ain't stopping at the lights, dog. Give me the ticket every time. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, people be like, I'm not explaining that to you because I don't know how to justify an $80 ticket or $100 ticket as opposed to my life. life and you're like, yeah. nigga, give me the ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, those are the little traumas that would assert itself. In certain places, and then you start realizing, like, the idea of not knowing who. Well, how do you remove? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So then I had to work on that as I was writing my book. That's like the first. That's like one of the first stories I tell in the book because it's not an autobiography. Mm-hmm. I only give like one, maybe two real stories of my personal self because it's not about me. I'm giving you tools that I use, mm-hmm. the tools that I've used with people that I know work. You know what I mean. So like. I'm just like, damn, like, how can I tell? I can't, I can't cap in my book. Like, because if I do, it's not going to help people. Yeah. So I'm just like, damn, I had to work on this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had to work on this. Like, mm-hmm. and crazy enough, like, I started writing my book before that happened. You know what I mean? And then when that happened, that's what motivated me to get the book Finished. done. Yeah. So then when I went back to position it, I'm like, I can't put spiritual first if I'm not on this. Exactly. And I had to rework that. And I worked on that shit. Like, I'm just like, but I had to get myself out of that. Because like, I was by myself when it happened. And crazy enough, me telling my friend to get out the car, like, my seat was upright. His was tilted back. So one of the bullets went through the head, his, my headrest, mm-hmm. 
but not through his headrest. It went to his door. So it would have like hit him in his head. You know what I mean? And then like the door handle caught some. So it's just like one of them things where it's just like you gotta trust your work. You know what I mean? Especially the intuition. You know, yeah, you have to trust that and you have to trust like like you know you better than anybody else. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like I don't know if we really ever really removed the drones. I don't know if we ever like you never know until they if they until they come back, if they ever do. But it's like knowing that you know the work to put yourself in a better space to function with traumas. Like I've seen my friends die like in front of me. I had people die in my arms, like you know what I mean? So it's like, you no, know, like let's be real, that shit doesn't go anywhere. It's like socks. You put your socks on and you flow through the day. But I also don't talk about it every day. Because I'm not trying to own it. I don't forget my friends. Exactly. You know what I mean? But it's not it's not what makes me me. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of things that people be like, damn, what does trauma look like? And it's like, bro, that shit like a rainbow. Like, you know what I mean? I don't even yeah. crazy enough. Like, talking about times of not having money to do things or like my mom's hardships, that bothers me more or activates certain responses to trauma mm-hmm. which is just grind more than talking about my friend died like because I've become used to that happening around me yeah. you know what I mean so like not wanting to be back broke or see my mom in a struggling position is something that it always so some like I say that to say like some of our traumas like help us yeah. Makes you better, I feel. Yeah, like. because it also puts us in a position to be held accountable some way. Because always, there's always something that we're doing to contribute to a situation or not doing to remove ourselves from certain situations. Mm-hmm. And it's more so like if you're familiar with the book The Alchemist, um, mm-hmm. it's called like just leading with alchemy, being able to see the good and the bad, so that we don't continue on with this cycle. Because life will continue to happen to us. There's not a there's not a trauma that we're gonna say we're not gonna be able to experience. Mm-hmm. But being able to, it's so much power when you know that. There's a lot of things that you have control over. It's crazy how you could rationalize, like, damn, my traumas was all right compared to, or my traumas was compared to. So we start kind of, like, comparing, you're like, oh, word, damn. His dad raped him? Shit, at least my dad. And you got these at least mine, at least. And it kind of, like, I feel like it helps. It helps your relationship with wherever you need it to be padded. But then I also felt like compartmentalizing it or justifying it is the room for people to those same people to add to your trauma. Probably like that. You know what I mean? So it's like you gotta be able to function alone at times. Mm-hmm. You gotta like how you said knowledge, like you gotta have a certain knowledge of self of worth. So like I don't get into arguments when people tell me I'm not this or I'm not that. It's like, yo, bro, that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like facts are facts. So opinions yeah. are opinions, you know what I mean? Some things are universal facts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's either higher body, no matter where you at, it might mean other things. You know, you are one and one is always gonna be two. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like so when people like like I said before, it's like God in the flesh is like, damn, you might you don't even live your life black and white to what you believe God is, but yet you will be able to tell somebody what they aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's like you gotta add value to people. You know what I mean? Like I feel like my traumas have uh it has put me in a space of like that's putting me in a euphoric space where it's like, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't tripping on nothing. Like, when things get rough, it's like, I know how to survive in mm-hmm. any situation. I've been in a lot of situations. And people look and be like, oh, look at this person. Just therapist and this and happy. And it's like, I've been through some shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't really care to share that. Like, you know, I'm not a, 
not even not the trauma bonding. Like, mm-hmm. That's the one thing that like I've had some trauma bonding type friendships and relationships like that, and them things are very uh. I don't even want to say traumatizing. Those things are very uh, they're like spirit killers. They will mm-hmm. literally kill your spirit, yeah. and you'll justify staying in those friendships and relationships, and job spaces, based off comfort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like. I don't know, you gotta be cool with like yourself. Like trauma is very like it's fifty percent good and it's fifty percent yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. And usually the good side that you wanna keep going towards is hard mm-hmm. to get there. Like it's really, really hard. Yeah. You find your I don't find myself watching something that got nothing to do with nothing. I'm like, damn, I ain't never cried in no movie before. <laughs> and I and it's like, yo, that shit is I'm not even, I'm watching the movie, but it's making me think about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, I've seen, seen people get killed by police. It's traumatizing me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've literally got beat up by the cops before. You know what I mean? I, I got told by the cops that I was a, with a black and white picture. Mm-hmm. Literally, a black and white piece of paper. Telling me that I was another one of my classmates who was a 5'7", light-skinned kid. Mm-hmm. But telling me that I'm him. And then, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yo. Or seeing some people go to jail for life for certain things that I know not, me and my friends have done. Mm-hmm. That is traumatic. Yeah. Seeing people go to jail 10 years after something that they've done. Mm-hmm. That is traumatic. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of shit that I'm just like, yeah. I'm cool, man. Like, And it makes you, it makes you so self-aware. And it's funny because there's a few things that I wanted to kind of double back on in regards to... How much did you trust yourself after that situation when you felt your instincts and guided I've that only, situation? Based I've, only gone to, I've, only, I've only gone against myself twice. Mm-hmm. And both times. Three times. Two of the times it cost someone their life. Mm-hmm. Literally, their life. Like, they're no longer physically living. And I'm not going to say it's my fault, but I've known, like, we're not doing this or we're mm-hmm. not going here. And we've done this and we've gone there. You know what I'm type of thing. Um, I had a basketball tournament once where somebody passed away, and I wasn't gonna have the basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're not doing it. They're like, yo, come on. I'm like, yo, it's about to rain. Da, da, da. And it still ended up raining. We were playing. They were outside. I was still playing in the rain, and it, it felt good at the time. And then somebody from around the way, seen somebody else from around the way. Whatever happened, happened. Some guns get pulled out. Some an innocent person who literally just got to the park like an hour ago. Older guy get shot, dies. Mm-hmm. Broad daylight, my grandma's outside, my niece's outside. I can't even duck bullets. I'm trying to throw people on the ground because, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've gone, I went against me. There's another time which I won't speak about because it's like, that's still recent. There's someone passed because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't necessarily go against what I wanted to do, but I know that we shouldn't do something. And the event still happened, mm-hmm. and someone passed. Yeah. So you, you don't know? force nothing. No, nah, I'm not with it. If I'm, bro, I done booked a ticket, and I'm like, nigga, I ain't going. Exactly. Ain't no insurance on the ticket. We out. Like, Y'all can go, bro. I don't want to go. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't, like, so like the and then the one would have been my life if I didn't go, mm-hmm. or would have been my friends, or probably both of us because I wouldn't been able to jump out the car. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like justifying shit. Like I don't care. Like people be like, oh, you think I don't care. I don't care, I don't care, I don't exactly. care. I don't care. Because when you're care. sure and you're certain about yourself. Care. But it's like, I do believe in being perfect. 
my one of the people that say perfect is not good enough. I believe in being perfect. If you're practicing what you're preaching, you are being perfect. That is perfection. There's literally nothing against there's literally nothing outside of the space of perfection. You can't fault someone. Ignorance is bliss, right? You can't fault someone for they don't know. You know what I mean? So like I was in school one day and they asked you like what's evil? And nobody had a real answer. And I'm like thinking about Muslims, Christians, all these religious people. They call each other evil. Now you can't be evil. Mm-hmm. Like, and my pre, my teacher's like agreeing with me because he didn't expect the answer. And he's like, yeah, like, depending on how you grow up and what you're taught, there's no evil. Yeah, there's never a no right or wrong. There, yeah, answer. there's no evil. And learning that, knowing that at a young age, has helped me through be able to see people for like, you know, they don't know better, but like, mm-hmm. let, let that be. But on the flip side, it's like, how you gonna fault somebody practicing what they preach? Whether you agree with it or not, they're being perfect to what they think. How does life shit work, bro? I don't know what to tell you. Like, argue with your mom, bro. Don't argue with this person. Like, but a lot of it is just lack, just lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and I feel like before we kind of put the um the camera to start, it's like the more I kind of was able to identify my traumas, it allowed me to become more aware of myself. So even when I was in situations and I was being triggered, I knew what was being triggered. Um, and most times when people just lack awareness overall, that looks like projection, that looks like displacement um, and continues to keep the cycle going on and on and on. Um, but I don't know how you come back from all that. People? What are you talking about me? Yeah. Me? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is going to, I mean, I don't care what I'm saying. Would you rather be, I'm alive, like, I don't care, like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my dad is close. You know, he was mad. I mean, I don't think he was mad. He was mad, but people was gassing it up. Like, you know, that my family made a thing because, like, in my book, I was like, yo, I just want to thank my dad for having sex with my mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like nigga, I'm here. Like, I don't care about nothing else. Like, you You're know what right. I mean? But, I mean, of course, I'm going to have a longer thing to say about my dad. I mean, about my mom or my grandma because I lived with them. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, we good, bro. You know I fuck with you. You fuck with me. Like, we have no beef. Like, I'm my dad is my nigga. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, it's like, I ain't over here trying to, like, look for, I got enough things that could be stressors. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be like, oh, my dad, well, just work on it, nigga. Like, now it's easy for me to say that I'm talking to my homies, to my clients, I can't say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like. Oh, know, you can, though. No, no, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I got I to gotta gauge where they at. With mm-hmm. Yes, you know absolutely. I mean? How how, why, how they're going to take it. And that's why, like, when people ask me, like, I'm going to do my degrees, like. I don't know for how many times I'll be going to sit down one on one clients. Mm-hmm. Because the platform that I'm building with Seek Therapy, it opens up a space for seven, I got the options of having seven people a day mm-hmm. or 700 people a day. Absolutely. And that's why we're here. Because a lot of it is, we don't trust the medical field anyway. Yeah. And we've been always conditioned to think that therapy wasn't something for a black I only people. got that shit because they told me I had to get it. I was doing <laughs> life, I was doing life coaching mm-hmm. and I was mentoring athletes and doing mm-hmm. things like that. And I was never making money because it was genuinely what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had my purpose. I knew my purpose, and it was like, like you even said, my how about like how I bounce back is like. Yeah, and, more. Yeah, in a simple mind, if you're just dealing with the facts, it was like nine, seven shots, maybe more shots. I should have been dead. In all reality, I'm playing. I'm on borrowed. I've been in multiple situations. I could have been dead. Yeah. People have less happened to them, mm-hmm. but worse outcome. So for me, it's just like. It's clearly a person, purpose and a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I 
don't care. Like, mm-hmm. that shit happens. It's like, bro, that's between. Certain things can happen get handled certain ways. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But also, I'm not that person anymore. I don't care for, like, violence. Like, I don't, if it get there, it get there, but I'm not going to sit there and promote it. Yeah. It's not a thing. I, I'm not mm-hmm. really one of the people that's running around trying to, like, oh, I'm the biggest, toughest gangster. like, bro, I'm cool on that. But, like, I don't care about the words. It's going to touch me. Mm-hmm. Touch me. That's a different conversation. Exactly. But also, like, I don't know, like, I mean, my grandma prays for me. You know what I mean? Be close. She prays for me. I pray for myself. I mean, me and God is locked in. Like, my grandma hates how I say it, but that's my nigga. Like, me and God, that's my nigga, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't tripping on We're nothing. We're close like, to him than we think, or we've been conditioned to believe we are. And especially, like, again, my environment. Like, I, I like, I'm not keep referencing my book, but like, I even wrote about that. Like, being in the streets, like, my, uh, I'm not going to say being in the streets for me, but being in the streets for anybody. Mm-hmm. Your faith is way more heightened than you know. Mm-hmm. Your spirituality is way more heightened than you know. If you're in the streets for real, I'm not talking about dudes that be acting. Someone in it for real, where you know if you see a nigga is on site for you or for him, or the police is really, you really getting towards the police is on your ass, and you got all of these factors that can really bring you down, mm-hmm. yet you leave the house in the morning and you make it home at night. Mm-hmm. You have to leave the house every day knowing that it could be your last day. Exactly. But yet you still are able to figure it out and make it back home. Yeah. That is not by chance. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, when you once you find your purpose or your gift and you don't uh, utilize it, that's when God be like, all right, bro. Oh. Let me just... Yeah, because you cause, just causing more damage. Yeah, like, all right, more bro. damage. Because now I feel like you're a, you're a threat to society if mm-hmm. you know your purpose and you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like God be like, all right, bro, go ahead, pack it up. Yeah. We're going to get you up out of here. And, you know, and then it's like, what's to be sad about if you really believe that it's Exactly. Exactly. And I think that I have, the older I get and the more I spiritual I become, the more at peace I become with death. But I learned that because of people dying. Mm -hmm. And me trying to lie to myself that I was okay with everybody around me dying is how I came to the conclusion of like these things until not too long ago when I had somebody pass from cancer and uh, they had a stroke and eventually passed. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, how could I be sad for somebody that's it's hurting, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, bro, I had, like, I had, like, a three-month stretch where, like, five people died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they were close to me. Whether it happened within close proximity or it happened because they were, like, my blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got two cousins that died on Christmas. Like, day. Like, you know what I mean? So you were able to get be in a Christmas spirit after having one happen when I was, like, 15 or 16. And then one just happened, like, 2021. So you finally get comfortable Mm-hmm. with the day and then boom we right back there yeah. Yeah. but I already did the work and honestly it's not about me I didn't it's, die it's never yeah it's never about you I didn't die mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there's a certain people call people narcissists and we all have to have some sort of narcissism I have it I'm 100% of course when we have to prioritize our well being yeah. but like I have it in the sense of like that right but then I feel like people don't understand how selfish and narcissistic they are when they make Another person's death. About them. About them. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. be sad. Like, why me? Yeah, yeah. Like, that happens with death and that happens with parents, especially mm-hmm. in the culture, in my Ooh, culture, when yeah. you find out that your child is uh, gay, mm-hmm. that happens. What um, did I do wrong? Yeah, it's yeah. like, um, I had that conversation with a family member one day and I'm like, 
And they expected me to be the ignorant one with that shit. It was like, they didn't know how to tell me. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, the fuck happened to you? Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's your decision. I got a daughter. I got a two-year-old daughter. And I, I was talking to my therapist today, and I'm like, my only concern is that, like, I don't care if my daughter is prostituting, this, this, and that. Any decision she makes, that she could come to me and talk to how me about I support it. you? Though? Not that I want it to happen. Yeah. But I'm not, I have friends who, like, they judge their, their, their parenting mm-hmm. off of how their child handles their body. Mm-hmm. Or they judge their relationship skills based off if they got, like, no, man, it's not your decision to make, like. Mm-hmm. I'm happy in a relationship, and I'll be happy by myself. You gotta, you gotta. People can't be alone, and I could listen. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of that comes from us being forced to be what selfless in the world, especially within the black the black community. It's always you last, everybody else first, and it's just more so when we do experience those situations and always having to give, we 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 project people's behaviors and outcomes in regards to. Why didn't I give? Why didn't I give more? Why didn't I give less? When does that usually kick in? When it's too when too it's too late, late to give more. Too late. And that's my like you know my slogan. I don't know if you guys know, but like you have to treat like treat me like I'm famous. Love me like I'm good. Mm-hmm. If you treat people like they're famous, I got friends right now. If Beyonce is in town, I'm skipping a mom funeral. I promise you. Like if they could actually go to a Beyonce concert, meet her, hang out with her for the day. Or go to their aunt funeral, uh-huh. they go and hang out with Beyonce. Yeah. I might try to do both. You know what I mean? I might leave aunt funeral <laughs> early, but nah, but on the real, it's like, you gotta treat people like they're famous. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, that love me like a bad thing is like, I mean, that stuff is going to it, but it's like, I turn back after that. Okay. I mean, there's, and again, talking about traumas, right? There's, I shoulda, coulda, woulda traumas are the worst because mm-hmm. you can't undo it. It's too late. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's a relationship going bad, whether it's someone passing away, whether it's you let you make decisions with your pride instead of just biting your tongue in. But even like that thing of like you like you last and everybody's first, like again, if you believe in the universe, so we here to serve, bro. Exactly. Like people and others. Exactly. So it's like I could do things for the money, but I'd rather the impact of like, you know what I mean? Because it comes back. Right. And money money chases value. That's a lot. But like, what does your grieving process look like? Because a lot of the things, I think when me and Cynthia talk, we talk a lot about the domesticated traumas that we often experience. All my traumas are family bound. Like I grew up in the hood and, you know, I, since those things were just so like prevalent and so detrimental, I, the, the older I became and the more successful I became, I ran away from the hood. Like when I mean, like I live in a town where like, it's like 3% black people. I'm maybe the youngest and the only person of color within my block. But then again, it's like during that time, it's where I had to sit a lot with my traumas and be like, I did this. Huh? Yeah. Like I did this. I did this. I did that. And I'm still not happy. And then allowed me to go inward and identify a lot of those, what, like internal beliefs or negative cognitions that I built in regards to just the traumas I did experience or I did witness within a household. So I always avoid, I always avoid like the environmental things. I don't know, like every process is different. Every grieving process is different. Mm-hmm. Like shoes, right? You could like, you were 11 in some shoes, you were 11 and a half in another, you were 12 in another. 
But then you could buy the white version in 11, but you don't wear 11 in the black yeah. version. None of that shit is the same. So, like, again, first it was, damn, I was happy to have a friend. I wasn't happy to have a friend die, but I was happy that I had a friend or know someone close to me that died just by natural causes. Mm. Like, or a car accident. It's like, at least nobody killed you. Oh, that's the sound. You know I mean? like, with that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, another nigga. Because it's like, they used, to be my, they used to be my fear, right? Having a nigga... Uh, you decide when my family don't get to see me no more. Mm. Fuck no, like you know what yeah. I mean. Like that was a thing for me. Like so, you compartmentalize it like damn, at least somebody ain't killed. Mm. Or like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be mad at if it was cancer? Mm. You know what I mean. You can't hate every nurse because yeah. you need nurses. You can't hate every doctor because you need doctors. Yeah. So it's like everyone was different. Like, I think like one was really rough for me. Like I was, I knew I was, I knew it was bad because I went to the gym and dog. I lift like 40 pounds over my PR mm-hmm. on everything. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back days, like four days in a row. And I'm like, it's not even healthy. You know what I mean? But I'm in the gym. I'm like 320 on the bench press or like eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even go over 270, like 290. You know what I mean? So it was like that one. I had a friend pass when like, he had like a brain aneurysm. He was at my house every day for like five years, like every day. And... He uh, went home. His mom just found him laying on his face. Like, literally, like, left my house in the day. Never seen him again. Well, we seen him at the funeral, but even now, I didn't go to funerals for like 17 years. Mm-hmm. Like, last year, number two was 2006. And I didn't go to one until 2021 when my cousin passed. And that was only because I had to put my name. I had all the funeral responsibilities because his mom raised me like mm-hmm. you're like this, you know what I mean. So she volunteered me against my will, and it was, I couldn't tell her no. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to go to the funeral because they don't. I didn't know that they don't start a funeral until you sign off on a funeral. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't have situations where like my friends bring me places, and then like they like they'll just take the ride with me real quick, and they're going to my boy's funeral knowing I don't want to go. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, I'll be outside. Like, I didn't go and look at a dead person. Like, none of that. My aunt had a stroke, wouldn't look at her. I didn't even want, I want my last memory to be like this, you know what I mean? So it was, that was like avoiding it for a while it was mine until he passed. And it was just like, nobody did anything. Ain't nothing happened to me. But I was, I was crushed, like hurt. Like, I, like, my, my daughter was in her mom's stomach at the time. I didn't even want to be around her because it was just like, I didn't want that energy to like soak up. So you're self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't respect self-awareness when they feel X'd out of your self-awareness healing process. Yeah, which is narcissistic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't even blame them because they don't understand it mm-hmm. because they might need me for them to heal. True. You know what I mean? And I'm aware that like I'm the one for my family. Like, Especially when you that. have that energy. Yeah, so I, I know that I'm the one for, uh, for mm-hmm. my family. So, like, I got to get back and bounce back quicker. And for me, like, what helps me heal is helping. Like, my purpose is to serve people, and I'm aware of that. So, like, my healing process looks a little different to people. Mm-hmm. People are like, you can't do this. You need to know. You can't do that. I can do this. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. of that. If I feel like I need a break, I'm quick to say, man, fuck you. I ain't doing this shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, you can't. I can't tell last time somebody made me do something like that. Like, my longest job been two months, like, in my whole life. I haven't worked over two months in my life. So I say that to say, like, 
I ain't never had to do nothing I don't want to do. Like, you know what I mean? So my healing process, it just varies. Um, but that one was rough. Like I was isolated. Like days went by and I don't even know what I did between them days. Like I was like, I'm talking about nasty. Like, can you know you have Christ on heart? You can't even <laughs> breathe through your nose. It's the summertime. It's not cold. Yeah. But I, I couldn't breathe through my mouth. And I remember like going to sleep, waking up. Mm-hmm. Going to sleep, waking up. For days, mm-hmm. even after the funeral. So, like, that healing process for me was very, like, just let it take its course. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized <laughs> that, like, people posting a lot on social media when people die, it, like, for some people, it really helps them. It does, yeah. Like, I don't believe in two things, though. I am never going to pray on camera. That's not me. I don't judge people that do it. Because that might be their thing. That's me. Like, if you're praying for people, cool. But to close your eyes, hit the record. Have a pray, personal prayer amongst yourself. It, it's like, if you're doing it for the people to receive it, cool. It's just not me. If you ever see me doing that, I'm lying. I'm doing I'm the cabin. <laughs> they call me on that. Yeah, I'm lying. I probably you right now. I'm lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never cry. Um, hit record on live and cry. If you ever see me do that, I'm lying too. <laughs> Trust me. Um, yeah, those two things. But... I caught myself posting him, like, mad memories, mm-hmm. mad memories. And I, like, within that time, this was a separate, this time was different than the four people dying or five people dying in three months. This is a separate window, which was the year of, like, COVID, where, like, I had two friends killed, he passed, and then you had the COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, nine that year. And you couldn't go to none of the funerals. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go anyway. So for me, it was like, nobody ain't pressing me to go. Yeah. But then I realized by me not having to go or nobody asking me, it was like, shit. Me declining it mm-hmm. helped. Me like... You, you had control. Process. Yeah. This, I had to just sit, sit in it. And I was going to ask you, because sometimes healing is forced upon us. Yeah. And you said you... Typically, the individual who just, if I don't want to do it, I don't do it. Yeah. So, has some of your healing, um, some some aspects of your healing has been forced upon you? And now we're brought, talking about the COVID and not having that choice. I feel like it um, It gave me, it just, most of the things justify how I already felt. Mm-hmm. So, help me realize that you're not bugging. But the concern that people have for me when they see me going through it, Again, 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 mm-hmm. and just seeming regular. It's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, how you just so? And it's like, yo, if I'm going through something, and my cousin's going through something, but his mom passed, nigga, be her son, Trump, being her nephew. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And for me, that was like, oh, I got, I can help you get through the process. So helping somebody here was my healing method. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, you got to work on yourself. And it was like, yo, I don't value myself over because you're a server yeah, yeah so for me that was my process, exactly you know I, mean? mm-hmm. I, I just used to say like i used to wonder like damn what i'm gonna do when it's my mom and my grandma mm-hmm. those are the ones when i think i might have to like yeah like i might need to take like a fucking six month vacation <laughs> from all of yeah. everything being around nothing but like i don't know i feel like life has put me in a space of like understanding how life works Mm-hmm. Uh, understand that having an overstanding of like how life works I should say having an overstanding that you're just here for a little bit you know what I mean yeah. 
It's mm-hmm. all an experience. Yeah, like, I don't know. So, like, a, a one healing process, I wouldn't be able to tell somebody, like, what's a one healing process thing. Mm-hmm. My healing process is always do what you like, find what you like to do, and do that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was going to yoga, hot yoga every day. I was getting, I would go get massage three, four times a week if I needed to. I would, like, listen to what, like, I would just do whatever I wanted to do and just do it a lot. And it's like, I'm starting to feel a little better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I never, never been um, anti like that. I've never been having to like suffocate my emotions. But people are like, yo, you're not emotional. Like, nah, I am. I just don't show them. Yeah. How they and he- and healing um just and I don't trauma. Drink or smoke, so yeah. I couldn't escape it with the liquor. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if it's really escape because I never did it, so okay. I don't know. But when my boy died, I was considering. I'm like, shit. You could just escape this feeling for like a couple hours yeah. and pour me up slightly. Yeah. I need it right now, but I just didn't. Throw it's that it. short-term gratification yeah. we call maladaptive behaviors. And it works in the middle, like in the moment, but as time progresses, no, you're still healing from it. Like, what's the most traumatic thing that you've had to heal from? I know you posted. Death is not, and I'm very transparent. Um, honestly, I think it's just the most traumatic experience I've had to heal from. I think it's a lot of it was. Speaking about my trauma, I was always an honest kid, but I was so honest that a lot of me just leading with curiosity or having some level of optimism caused me to experience abuse. So I kind of learned like it's safer not to say nothing at all. And when I had to open up about the things that significantly impacted me was difficult. Like um, prime example is um, I had to... I had I I was sexually abused by um a family member when I was uh, I want to say in first first grade and that family member was being released from prison and the conversation sparked of wanting to take a family trip but with my daughter involved and I was just like that's not happening but I just can't I couldn't just say like my daughter's not going I had to kind of provide that explanation um, you you couldn't say it to. You could you could have said it. So you could. I could have said it, but it's just like with me is, I'm a, I'm, trauma had made me a known people pleaser. So I couldn't. I didn't think I had the power just to say no without having to provide an explanation. Oh, okay, I got what you're saying. <laughs> so it's just like, oh like, no, she's not going. What do you mean no, she's not? No, she's not going because A, B, C, D, um, and I. It took me years first to like fully understanding it. Um, but then having to have that conversation, and when I mean like that conversation, like me, when I when we talk about like healing from my traumas, writing and talking has been one of those things. But mostly, mostly internally, um, and yeah, I journaling? journaling. I journaled a lot. Last month was the first month I journaled every day. Really? Yeah. yeah there's there's so much power in just journaling, um, and I had already wrote what I was going to say to that family member in particular, and. It took me months to send it until I was re-triggered and I had no choice but to say something. Um, and How did you feel when you said that? I, I definitely felt like there was a weight lifted off of me because I did not expect that family member to respond the way they did. How did you, you feel before you sent it? Oh, it was traumatizing. I couldn't breathe. My chest hurted. I cried. Did um, you respect the response? I did respect the response. What was your feeling... In between the the you sending and receiving, it was like oh like a like something like an adrenaline like I did I like just just 
uncontrollable just shakiness. Like I was just completely uncomfortable with that entire process. Um, and the thing about it is I was continued. I had to continue to like, that, that was one trauma that it just didn't happen. Like it didn't resolve just one time. Cause then again, I had to explain that to you, explain it to them and explain it to them and then try to make it, make it make sense for me. Um, and that was very difficult. I think just having to vocalize to anybody that they harmed me and the process of that is, was just always traumatizing for me. What about you? That's like one of the hardest things you had to. You know, we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. My biggest trauma, um, I have a sibling who's a motivational speaker. So being called <laughs> a failure by a motivational speaker in front of your parents and being physically attacked, that hit like a ton of bricks because he got here. So every time I messed up, I was a failure. Every time I had an accident, you were this in your head. I was hearing it in my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I gotta get this motherfucker's voice out of my head. And we talked about this because I was like, God, I can't let go of it. What is going on? It's controlling me. And I was having this conversation and I'm, you know, talking to my ancestors and they said, forgive him for being wrong. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, yeah. And it was like, you hold no more power. Mm -hmm. And it, was, it wasn't just what he said. It was my parents' silence mm -hmm. that I was like, wow. It just validated that there could be some level of truth to it. Yeah. And that, I was like, am I really? Yeah. That's crazy. Because you can't see like a person's spirit. No. You can't measure no. a person's worth based on their exactly. external like, no. And having an understanding of that. It's crazy how the people that mold us to be who we are mm -hmm. like that yeah yeah and i, th I think i i got into the place in my life where i was just i would never allow another human being to validate the value i have in life yeah um and one thing i noticed in, in regards to healing is there's some level of compassion that you have to give yeah like you and like literally having to give compassion to someone mm -hmm. who has hurt oh you is very difficult. It's like, man, I think one for me, like, even being, I, death isn't even that crazy one for me. It's like, probably like a lie I've been told from somebody like, like not close to me, like with me, like you hear me. Like, mm -hmm. like damn, nigga, you? Like, yeah. You feel the knife. That. Seeing like certain friends go to jail and then snitch, that was, that was like hard. I was like, mm -hmm. like I remember one time I seen like one of my, friends, not my brother anymore, but and that shit like that shit was the first time I could remember like being around people, death not being included, and just this shit having me sad. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I think like those were like, it's just easier to just remove. I was yeah. that's what I was thinking just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then it's in this as a shock factor. But then we talk about sometimes. How people treat us has nothing to do with us. No. And most times when people go into, like, I, I, of course, I come from a, fa a family line of just men who've been in and out of prison. But with me is I was so traumatized that I isolated so much. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's family members where, like, when they did die, I wasn't connected to. Like, the, the most traumatic death I ever had was losing my dog. And because it was at the hands of me accidentally. It's funny yeah. you say that because I remember when I, I had a girlfriend who, like, now being older, I think I might have clowned her for, like, like or something because she, like, she had, like, a perfect life. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the 
fuck? Proud of our dog. Yeah, like, yeah, and it was just like, or like, her, like your parents, like, you mean, you never heard your parents, like, so your dad never called your mom a bitch, ever. Your dad never told your mom, man, shut the fuck up, ever. What? Like, and it was just all these things. So this never, so this never, I'm like, yo, my life is fucked. Like, I'm the crazy, like, I'm not the crazy one, but I'm the one with the crazy situation. Yeah. Not you, and it's just like, you don't know anybody that died. Like, nobody. Like, my cousin, my uncle. Nah. But in jail. No. Like, I was just like, I was like. And being cognizant of how much projection goes and just into that conversation. And the death of my dog was just so traumatic because I've always experienced people in and out of my life. In and out of my life. And I was the first person, or first <laughs> object yeah. that was there. That was there. Never left. Never left. Um, and that was very difficult for me. Um, but yeah, it is. It is tough. It is tough. But a lot of it is, I think, being able to give that level of compassion because lately, within my prayers, I just been asking God just to heal me in places I don't even know. And you know, it's amazing when you get there. We talk a lot about like when you become an adult and you see your parents through adult eyes. It's easier to forgive certain things because you understand their situations mm -hmm. you know my father had a drinking problem he was mean as hell but my father was also a black man from alabama who was in nam when he was a t you know mm -hmm. right out of his teens you know on the front lines yeah. and when you understand that and you understand he lost his dad young and grew up poor my grandfather was a sharecropper mm -hmm. like i understand my father mm -hmm. you know it doesn't justify, but I understand. Yeah. And once I have understanding, it's like you start. It's like a, a slow leak. It just leaves. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that can't hurt me anymore because I have understanding. He mm -hmm. he may not have meant to do that because he's dealing with his own bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like when I say, oh, that's my mom's stuff and my dad's stuff. My like, they have their stuff, and it leaks into you too. Exactly. So and I started to let that go. Yeah. You and know, they, and they people can only do what they know. What they can do. Right? Yeah. And it's the same thing you said. It's like when I did disclose that I was sexually abused. Um, these and these family members just thought that it was best to keep it just to, just to kind of have that conversation and leave it as it is. And I was very upset um, because it was just like the one the more the one opportunity you had to protect me, you did not. You did nothing. Um, and I found myself just pondering on that. And then I had a conversation with myself, like, Takiya, like, you're 29 years old. Like, who the fuck needs to protect you? And then I was, re like, recalling this conversation in my head and just, like, you addressing your traumas and you healing from your traumas is forcing people to, to, to have to do that work. And if my one traumatic experience cannot account to your 100 experiences. So when that, when that, end, that family member chose to kind of keep me, keep my trauma silenced, to protect themselves rather than seeing it as just like, oh, like you don't care about me, you don't protect me, it's just that. I can't even have a conversation about my personal traumas and now I'm being forced to have to talk about your personal traumas. It's very difficult. So sometimes for some people it you is minimize easier. minimize yours, but then yeah. maximize theirs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because people self-serving too. So that's the thing. Exactly. But also, they don't know. Like, it's hard to have a conversation that, that is awkward to have. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Exactly. Like, I couldn't imagine. So, like, I couldn't imagine but and I don't want to have to. I couldn't imagine like my child or my sister coming to me and saying that and having to go talk mm -hmm. to my sibling. I'm like, kill that nigga. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I ain't like, 
like words. Like, what, are you, what are we talking about? Like, and like I'm not like subtly. I'm not hiding my hand of the no, 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 no. Like you, you, you. Because if the right work isn't done, right, you could unlock something that will have a generational effect on them if exactly. it works. Exactly. Right. So it's like, what do you want to talk? Like, what am I supposed to? How am I not supposed to kill you? I'm, I, I'm, and I'm not like the one that's mm-hmm. promoting violence, yeah. but and you know it's funny because like. And then, no, I was gonna say, and then imagine the guilt that Chow will have knowing that I told my father this, and my father decided to take that man's life. Now I don't. My father's in prison. Like, oh, now I just regret even doing that. And sometimes when it comes to just breaking generational patterns and cycles, just, just being able to acknowledge it and just move forward. But we spend so too much time and energy trying to hold people accountable. It's hard too when you see them make small shit a big deal. <laughs> and you got my big shit as yeah. you making a little deal. Uh-huh. Like this. And it's like, yeah. yo, that nigga's in here fighting because somebody said something about your, your, about your man at Thanksgiving dinner. And he's like, my God, I told you all some real shit and ain't nobody flipping no chairs about this shit. Like, it's just like, yeah, but then it comes back to the conversations of projecting, like being able to understand that how somebody responds to us or to others is never a reflection of us. It's never about us. Yeah, is um, that process in between though? Before you figure that part out, because yeah. and like, mm-hmm. could you imagine me telling my mom that one of her brothers did something to her, me, and then my mom trying to defend me to her brother, and then her brother beating his ass, beating her ass, like, well, how would I feel mm-hmm. as a kid? Gotta kill you. Cause I can't, yeah. like you have, like, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm again. I'm not a promoter of that, but certain things I don't know what else to do. Yeah, yeah I remember, and I remember, like, mm-hmm. when I was writing, I was like, yo, you know, one of my things that I want to figure out how to do is like, I want to be able, I want to get to the level of being able to forgive a person who, out of pure malice, just killed the loved one. Like that's the I don't want that to have happen, but I want to be at that level of mm-hmm. spiritual level because I feel like anything beneath that is dangerous for everything, mm-hmm. everybody. If it's too close, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And it's like the more you become knowledgeable of your value, the more, especially as a black male, I can speak for like myself with this. Obviously, I can't speak for females because, mm-hmm. um, but it's a certain emptiness that you feel the more knowledgeable you're becoming until you get to that level mm-hmm. of feeling just like a bitch-ass nigga because you let shit slide. Yeah. Now, once you get there, <laughs> once you get there, you got to, once you get to that level, it's different because you understand, like, like you know, I'm God and I can make shit shake without ever mm-hmm. physically putting, but if I make somebody do something to you and I'm doing myself, I'm still destroying and not building. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, I got to be okay with people that don't have a certain understanding of like how life works and for them to talk to me however and do whatever and this and that. And people say words, sticks and stones, break, you know the things yeah. you teach your kids, but that's bullshit. Because words, look what words do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, to sit there and know like, yo, what are you telling me? Jack did that to my sister. Jack. Yeah. That same Jack that lived right there. And I'm supposed to just watch Jack walk in his house and walk out his house. Yeah. And then look at my sister to know that she's looking at me as her protector and I can do nothing. Because if I do anything, it puts me in a four by four or five by five square room with bars. I can only talk to you guys sometimes. And I'll become forgotten. 
after a couple years. Right. And like, you know, like I like seeing my daughter, like when I pick my daughter up, I like seeing how she reacts. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Or if she wants to, s- to say, hey, call me, like my daughter don't call me dad. She might sometimes, but she say, hey, call Maurice. And they could do that. If I'm in jail, she can't just call me. Exactly. And if I do bodily harm to someone who's physically abused or mentally, shit, mentally abusing a person close to me too, once I'm away, I can't protect you ever again. So you feel just like a bitch. Yeah. But like, that response comes from being able to understand that we don't have control over the past. Yeah. Right? Like, my obligation to protect you at a at a time where I was unaware of what was going on, not guilting myself to that, but being able to understand that I, I acknowledge and I validate your experience and moving forward, protection will be something that I would prioritize because we're well aware of it. But you trust it, the new, and again, this where trust comes in, right? Mm-hmm. We got to trust that the people that we have to protect have the, the, the social, social skills to express themselves enough, one, mm-hmm. and two, enough of a faith left based on what happened to them mm-hmm. to trust that you are doing what's best for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of pieces. But like as a man, especially one that's been taught, like when I was raised, like you hit a motherfucker before they hit you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was taught like, you know, you take it to the extreme and if you took it there wrongfully, they would have after. But don't let this person come to the extreme with you and mm-hmm. you're not hearing the physical to ever talk about it. So it's to just like let a lot of shit slide or to let this, that shit is hard. You know what I mean? Especially like when you're in a society where what we, what we, and I'm saying specifically black men go through, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be undermined by something feminine being attached to it or something trendy being attached to it or anything to demasculate, like to take away our masculinity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't be too masculine because Mm -hmm. then you hate women. In the eyes of whomever controls that thought process, you can't be too anything. But all those things are ego-driven. And when you learn to detach your ego from those things, you see things a lot clearly. Right. So, like, I'm glad you said that, right? I was talking to my... I run a men's group, right? But then when it... Before you get there, and this is, like, the part where... Literally why I run a men's group. Because when I say certain things to them, it's like... Well, when we talk to each other, we don't have to always factor in how other people feel mm-hmm. because it's not often that it's about the men in the group ever in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's never, you know what I mean? And granted, that's okay mm-hmm. as far as the providing space, but you need a safe space for that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, excuse my language, but in men, most men's mind, all they got is they pride and they dick. That's it. I don't got nothing else. Like, I don't got nothing else. Like, shit can go, shit can come. All I got is to stand on my name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not even my name on no street shit. I don't mean like that. I mean my name as far as who I am, who I'm supposed to protect. Reputation. And the reputation of just being a provider. Not even like what my boys think of me. You know what I mean? So it's like to be out in certain certain like things that your lady might not recognize, but you recognize. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, like you're undermining, they're undermining like my manhood, not my pride. It's like a, it's like a very, very thin, yeah. thin line, mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, like, come here, like, like somebody head not even shrugging you. It's like, yo, don't, don't do that. You talk to me, 
However, and you might say, I don't mean like that. I'm just saying, come here. Mm-hmm. But if you see a chick regularly, like if I don't know her and you're my lady and somebody's like, and you see another chick heading on me, come here. And I went, you'd be like, where you think you're going? Yeah. But when it's done to me, it's okay. And it's like, nah, like I, as a man, it's like at home and outside, anything that's evolved with home, I always tell my female friends, like, treat your man as King Tut or King whomever and vice versa. You know what I mean? But if you got a problem, at least tell that nigga before you tell the group chat. Don't even tell me. When they come to me yeah. with some shit, I be like, look, 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 look. Did you tell anybody else this? Don't tell nobody else this shit. Mm-hmm. Don't tell nobody this shit. But that, that, that helps us to identify those soulless beings. When everything they do is motivated by it by their physical being. And the more you tap into yourself and the more you understand what your purpose is, you're very conscious moving forward. So it's not just like your your reputation, your dick being it is being like, who who am I? And being able to allow that to maneuver and guide every other transaction you have. No, for sure. That process in between knowing that, but, but it's hard. Yeah. Be like being self aware and being emotional. It's not fun, man. It's no, not at all. Because it's isolation that comes. You feel like you're crazy. Room, but no, I, I the isolation that. that comes from yeah. it is crazy. It's like, bro, like, yeah. You're telling me, like, physically, I'm superior. I could fuck you up right now. I'm not supposed to just sit here and just, just act like I don't know that this person's playing mm-hmm. in my face. In whatever space capacity, just playing. But then again, you're already healing. Because no, no, what you're sure. doing, you're giving somebody a different response than they're not yet t- no, technically no, no. used to. 100% for sure. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, and that's why in a men's group, I leave it that open space. So, like, we ask you, ask people, like, if you had to go to therapy, what would you go for? So, my men's group purpose is to be the bridge. Mm. Seek therapy, like, it's the easy way to explain it. Seek therapy is a bridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm successfully, like, educating and enlightening people. Give them knowledge. That's what to seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Like enlighten them and educate them and give them the knowledge to do things therapeutic. So let's sit in the room and talk. Like I'm the bridge of why would you want to go to therapy? What would you want to talk about? Now that you're comfortable talking about it in a room full of seven people, mm-hmm. you trust me, you're by far ready to go talk about it with one person. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the right match for you. So still come here for your first couple weeks of therapy, just in case you don't like your therapy. Exactly. And it was free for like the first three years I was doing. And we were in there, we were talking, and it's just like Damn, that happened to you, bro. Like, nigga, give me a hug. Nigga, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I'll hug my homeboys. I don't care. I dab them up, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just like, shit pop off. I'm the one that has to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just think first. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this now. Like, that that has to be the answer. But then I'm quite sure one of my friends see this. They'd be like, but you be the same one telling me. Oh, you need to just relax. And I'm like, nah, because trust me, once you get to that space of, but it's just like when you're the when you're the protector, you heavy as the head, man. Because you're thinking not only do you have to think for yourself, I have to think like, damn, but how is my daughter gonna operate mm-hmm. based off of knowing that I'm I am protecting her. She just can't see the protection. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I have a nine year old who'll be ten, and when I tell you like my biggest response is to be like well if you if i if you're if whatever i'm saying to you you're not listening to it you're gonna go somewhere else and a lot of it is me kind of like i don't want to say 
flighting from the situation, but I just feel like if I am trying to do all this to protect you and you are not comprehending it or understanding it, then I'm going to need you to go somewhere else so somebody else can protect you. And I felt myself like having just having that very vulnerable conversation with her and I always be like, all right, well, you have to go with your dad because the way you're doing is putting you in a position for me to fear what can potentially happen to you. And if you're not receptive to me and the way I'm delivering it to them, then hopefully somebody else can protect you, which I know it, it probably would be the opposite of that. <laughs> but how a lot of our irritation with people and frustration is geared at wanting to protect and knowing that we can't. Uh, all the time with my 13-year-old, it is, it's like I just want to put her in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Mom... You know, calm down. It's like, you don't trust me. I said, I trust you. you just don't trust I don't people. trust the world. Mm-hmm. So my daughter started school, and they were like, what's the problem? First of all, I dropped my daughter at school. First day. She's two. She'll be three in like a month. She's like, all right, see you later. It was just out. And I was cool with it. But, but prior to that, it was just like, what's your, your concerns? I'm like, I'm not concerned about like a kid hitting her mm-hmm. and her hitting kid. My daughter is aggressive. So she's going to come home to my, this kid hit me. And I'm mm-hmm. 100% sure you probably hit them first. And I'm, that's the learning curve. Yeah. But kids are evil. Mm-hmm. And like, even with the trauma, right? You start thinking about the things that happen. Like, bro, I was dark skinned when dark skin was not cool. Oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? And then I was dark skinned and Jamaican when it was not cool to be yeah. either. Not until like middle school when Jamaican music was like a big, big thing mm-hmm. and all of that. It was still on the edge or whatever. But I wasn't a kid out here brushing my hair all crazy, having waves. I didn't care about none of that. And I'm like, Lotion wasn't my best friend and all that. So I was just outside doing whatever. But it made me, like, aggressive in other areas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, the jokes and the things. But my family, I am thankful for how my family operates on that end because my family, you got to have some thick-ass skin. I mean, mm-hmm. thick. You know what I mean? Like, thick. And, like, it helped me. So when I would go out, I remember my mom was like, um, I got suspended from school in, like, second grade. Second day of school. One was like some situation where a girl like kicked me in my nuts or something. I just cut her hair, just cut it, just ponytail right here. Just that was a, that, that was the nicest thing you could have did. And um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I remember I remember literally being in trouble for don't hit girls. But I have cousins, a bunch of female cousins. They hit me. I'm hitting their ass back. That's that was my, you know what I mean. So and then I'm like, so I can hit my cousin. They hit me, but I can't hit a girl that lives up the street. If she hits me, this is wild. Like. Cut that shit. Got in trouble. Cool. Yeah. I get back to school, and now I can't get in no more trouble. Like mm-hmm. this is my mom already even gave me the. Somebody said something about my mom, and it's like the first time somebody outside of my family made a mom joke. I didn't care about nothing. My mom just told me not to do. Like, <laughs> Bows is getting thrown. Cool. I get home. My mom like whoop my eyes. I'm just like they was talking about you. And like snots and, <laughs> and then like, they said my mom. My mom was just like yo. Next time, just somebody make a mom joke. I'm telling you. What? She said, tell me your mom died. I went back to school probably like probably like two years later. Somebody said something to your mom like, my mom died. I'm like, nah. I'm just like, nah, I'm joking. Like, ever, since, ever since then, even to this very day, like if somebody's taking like a little slick joke, I'd be like, my mom died. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm like, nah. I'm just so I have so many bad experiences of that because me, I'm big on your mama jokes. Yeah. And there's times where I would say it to individuals and their mom just passed out like, like I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, nah. I was <laughs> My mom was like, and I was like, nah, but it helped me to like maneuver. And I just know like those little jokes and those little things, I just know how nasty kids can be. Mm-hmm. And then with my daughter growing up, I would say situationally better. 
I don't know, like, can't say it's better until she grows older, you know what I mean? Like, it was a safer environment. Yeah. Um, way more financially mm-hmm. put together in the situation. So it's just like, you ain't got that. Yeah, well, that's why you look like come yeah. back built up in your pocket. Like, you know, it's bad if you got a corny joke ready yeah. and the joke don't hit. Now it's like, mm-hmm. damn. Or like the traumas of like being the outsider. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And everybody talking to you like, we ain't talking to you. Or like a week long thing of just nastiness because the boy likes her and not you or you yeah. and not her. Like those little things is what I'm afraid of. Yeah. But a lot of it is... Well, I'm on big on preventative measures, and I feel like when we when we experience so much trauma, we typically do the opposite when it comes to our kids. And a lot of it is uh, having those conversations with them, being so transparent with our experiences, and explaining to them like why we shouldn't touch the stove or why we're fearful of this because we know what the world can consist of. So when they when they are experiencing these situations, like oh my mom talked to me about this or my dad talked to me about this, and now they're being able to understand the way the brain works, it regulates, relates, and reason. And when we're already putting our kids in a position to feel safe, being able to be able to validate their own experiences and think more logically, when those situations do come in, they can be more logical about it. Um, But Shit, you're a lot more trusting than me because I was out like, yeah, my mom told me, sign me up anyways. So I just hope, I just hope. That was like one... Mm-hmm. Like when I think about like little things about other kids, I be that was my concern with my daughter going to school. Just like kids, bro, kids are nasty. They are. But then trusting your parenting skills. Yeah. Like me, like my daughter. I don't it, know. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in that environment that she's in. Her mom knows that environment better. Mm-hmm. I was in school on Barber Street. She's yeah. in school. I didn't have a white classmate till twelfth grade, mm-hmm. or a white teacher. No, I had a white teacher probably elementary, but I didn't have a white teacher until. I knew all my white teachers, but like that. Yeah. Up until my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a white classmate, a white teammate, yeah. white any of that until 12th grade. But being aware of the environment. Right? Being aware of the environment, kind of seeing it for what it is, and making and making an opportunity to always be present when you have that chance yeah. to. Yeah. Right? Um, because we know when it comes to just predatory behaviors, they always look for the father who isn't who is absent or is involved. Um, same thing with kids is allowing allowing your, your daughter to fully understand that her character does go a long way, which is very hard. But your character, like, the more good you do into the world, the more you get yeah. that back in return. And one thing about, one thing when it comes to me learning how to deal, um, deal with just difficult people is being able to understand that they're not being difficult, they're just having a difficult time. Yeah. And people can only give you what they're currently well, they, experiencing. Uh, yeah. So I always say, if I'm having a good day, we all gonna have a good day. But if I'm having a bad day, we all gonna have a bad day. And being able to allow your children to understand that anything that is of evil or of good is because that person that is spewing that is internally experiencing it. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. <laughs> I have not no say before disagreeing. It's that work, that work definitely being put in is definitely a Super, super it important. is because, like, the vicarious thing, too. I have some uh, mm-hmm. vicarious traumas. Like, I do know people who are sexually like assaulted and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's like when my daughter's mom comes to me about like gymnastics and like shit, and I'm like, well, dancing. I'm like, I see them dancing, them dance things. I watch one on Netflix and I'm like, this is not child porn, turn this mm-hmm. shit off. Yeah. And then you want to talk to me about dancing within the same 30, the same 30 minutes, mm-hmm. it's not happening, yeah. bro. So it's like. Just I 
the parenting is all we could really bank on. Yeah. Just doing a really, really good job and really emphasizing like, no, don't shut up. Tell me more. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but def- definitely being so hypervigilant that you're not so deep in it that you're overlooking everything. So how do y'all do it when you guys exercise a certain type of parenting skills, right? Mm-hmm. Around your other family that doesn't exercise that type of parenting skills. Does that ever... Oh, it has been very hard. Oh, goodness. It has been very hard, but knowing right. No, but knowing what's right. And knowing that it's not about me. At this, at this, at this point, my job as a parent is to protect. And if... I am not protecting my child, then I'm not necessarily being an effective parent. So still having those conversations. And I have, Jordan can tell you, I have had hard conversations. And these conversations were mostly difficult because I realized the cycle was continuing to happen. The same stuff I experienced that traumatized me was now literally walking walking into the mind space of my child. And I was just like, no. That's not it. That's not it. Um, most times people are receptive. That's one thing I do realize is even even if the conversation is difficult, nothing is not never being done or heard. Of course, people are going to be defensive in, in some way, but there is some level of change behavior that does accumulate over time. Especially when people like, no, Takiya don't play about her kids. <laughs> they are very cognizant of what they're going to say and do around Takiya's kids. And it's the same people. People know who to try. People know who to test. Yeah, I ain't and when you too. let people know what type of parent, when you know <laughs> when, when people know what type of parent you are, they're gonna always expect you to show up that way. Yeah, my family be on that. Like they be like, "Oh, not more recent." And it's like, "Yes, not from <laughs> exactly. I'm on the front." Like I'm, I'm very anal about certain things. Part of that was one of them. Like the, what you feed her, don't like. Yo, listen, mm-hmm. don't. Mm, exactly. I will listen. I will Uber eat for everybody before you just feed her this. What you say around her. What y'all watching? Mm-hmm. And I got my little cousins in the car probably like last summer and they all listen to Dirt King Von and this and we in my car edited version or the youngest one in the car get to pick the music. Nigga, this is what we listening to this whole ride. Y'all ain't about to be in here pound town and then fucking mm-hmm. this and fucking that. Not in my car. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah like my, your, yeah, my little brother is 16 to this day and him and my other cousin was talking about something and they were talking about like a girl like we're gonna have sex. I'm like, yo, we not talking about none of this shit in this car. If we going if you like a girl, you like a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody talking about this girl, that girl, this girl. I don't listen, bro. We not. I'm. It's not coming through this channel. Exactly. Do that shit over there. Yeah. But if y'all gonna be around me, bro, you could like a girl. That's it. I don't want to hear no. Or you like a girl, you about to go stay the night, nigga. You bring your ass home. Mm-hmm. Like I will pick you up. I will drop you off. You ain't about to sneak off and go. I ain't got time for none of that shit. Like, exactly. I don't. You're just not doing me. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like that one little window, that little shit. It's like a little mice. They get in there, and then that shit <laughs> oh, just yeah. And now they just and mm-hmm. it's just like yeah, nah. exactly. Because once the doors open, you're not close enough. Exactly. Because it's like in being and being a, like the majority of my work has been children's work, and it's just yeah. like I seen the kids who had everything. When they get an ounce of something different, they overindulge, and the worst shit happens. Um, and a lot of it is being like being mindful of. Practicing what you preach, being impeccable with your words and understanding that your character will always exuberate and impact everyone around you. So when people know that there's certain things to expect from you and certain things that you are just not fucking with, literally, that would maneuver and uh, that would definitely, what is it, influence their actions. Yeah, no, the vicarious trauma is just tough. That's why I asked that. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, like, again, I am 100% happy I had a daughter. I wanted a girl. Even when I was writing my book, I put children, but in the rough edit, I said, like, I wrote daughter first. I was just like, whether you want to say I manifested it, I left up, whatever. I just knew I was having Mm -hmm. I got five sisters. Like, Like, I wanted one, right? So it was just like, then a lot of shit just started happening. And it's like, oh, 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 all right, hold up. Damn, I gotta, and I gotta, and I gotta, and it's like, yo, and my other friends, they're like, they're uncomfortable with like changing the daughter. And for me, it was like nothing because I had sisters and those type of things. So raising wise, I thought it would be easier. Well, I still think it's easier for me as a male to. That's why you gotta decompartmentalize, yeah, right? Being yeah. mindful of how you're allowing somebody else's trauma to dictate your movement. Right. And uh-huh. my sister, she's 16, she had a kid. And everybody in my family made it like a big deal, obviously. It's kids having a kid. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like, yo, do y'all know what it's like? Like, my grandma has eight kids, but their dad was there. And I'm like, do y'all know what it's like for y'all dad not to be there? And I never had nothing to say. I'm like, so you don't know what it's like for your dad not to be there? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it's like to go months, maybe your whole life, with no one outside of your, when no one outside of your father or your brother called you beautiful or calls you beautiful often or speaks to you like you actually are more than just, yo, go clean up, yo, go do this. So at 15, and she was fully developed. Like my family, they get fully developed. They're not short. My sister's like 5'11", like, you know what I mean? And... I'm like, I remember one day picking her up to bring her upstairs to to go lay down. She fell asleep in the kitchen. I'm like, what heavy as hell? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, yeah, I'll be able to take her to go get bras. I'm like, bras? Like, what's this? Like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, like, when her and she pregnant, it was just like, everybody made this big old thing. Like, it was like, I don't know what it's like to not be called beautiful, to not be this, not be that. Mm-hmm. And then you meet a dude who's older than you. And he ain't doing nothing wrong. He ain't rape her. Mm-hmm. And... And she gets pregnant, and it's like, y'all bashing, but it's like, yeah, that's why this happened. Yeah, and I was because telling no you. one, who she knows yeah. to come to and talk to. Exactly. Because y'all use me, and I'm exactly. like the dad, so I'm the fear factor here. So yeah. the comfort to come to me, it's too late. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or to say, like, hey, I'm doing this, or hey, I'm doing that. It's too late. And that's why, that's why we have to be able to establish a level of trust. I remember me sitting on the couch a couple weeks ago and my daughter was telling me how she had a crush on somebody. I'm like, what? Well, that's a good thing to care because then I mean, she going to want to open mm-hmm. up. Like, the way I responded to it was just so welcome because a lot of things you have to understand is to 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 be sexually attractive or to have a crush is normal experiences. Totally it's just that we just, we're just so shunned. Yeah. If you go through life and your daughter don't say she like nobody... <laughs> You got a problem. <laughs> like, if you go through life and you think your daughter is not going to like nobody, mm-hmm. nigga, you're not realistic. Mm-hmm. And if you go through life and think that nobody's going to like your daughter, that's not being realistic. Yeah. I want my daughter to enjoy all of that. Yeah. I want my daughter to go through life, have enjoyment, uh, experience happiness, experience what what was experienced mm-hmm. through uh, relationships between me, uh, her mom. Mm-hmm. I want her to be able to grow up and see like what her grandparents had or have, I should say. Yeah. And see that like it can go many ways yeah. it doesn't have to be black or white and the thing mm-hmm. about it is a lot of it is being able to have some of compassion not that we don't want those conversations to happen but how often have people who aren't able to provide those conversations have the opportunity to have someone that they can trust there and and also when like you said with your your sister my daughter got pregnant at 16 had my grandson at 17 my older 
And when I remember when she came to me, and I remember I could feel her fear. I could feel my child like trembling. And I was like, that's your body. I'm going to support you whatever you do. And I know that's not what she was expecting. Mm-hmm. She expected me to be like, your life's over. And my child's a nurse. She has an LPN. She's getting her RN. But that's because you, you were know active. What I'm saying? You didn't yeah. like, shh. No. cold shoulder. Because your life's having. not over. Yeah. You know? You made you have a detour. And that's how I viewed it. Exactly. It's just a detour. It's going to be a little harder now. But we got to support. But she, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and if I had said... Oh, well, you're on your own. Where would she be? Exactly. I'm jealous of her. I was 29. <laughs> I had my first. She said, "Why well, time you 29? You had a 13 year old." Like, <laughs> yeah. it's over. But it's just your, your yeah. support. It's just your support. Yeah. I feel like that helps. You know, it helps, especially. You know, like obviously we're supposed to talk about trauma, but it helps because it's like I didn't instill that same fear, trauma, mm-hmm. or lack of communication. Me and my sister actually got closer. She hits me up about financial stuff. Mm-hmm. She sends me money to save for her. I put yeah. it in the ATM. Well, she sends me money, and I put that money in the ATM mm-hmm. at my store. So now your money is going to make more money than it makes in the bank. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Her niece, well, my niece is like my daughter's sister now because mm-hmm. they're four months apart. And it's like, it was life, bro. Like, this shit is. It's going to continue to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, right. I don't know. You do know, right? But <laughs> and a lot of it is being mindful of acknowledging that. It's never about us, and we can only be impactful moving forward with things. A lot of it is being able to acknowledge, well, same thing. I was pregnant at 19, um, and everybody was so welcoming. But they were so welcome because it's a family norm. Like, everybody gets pregnant around this time. That's where that, that support came from. But, of course, it caused damage in other aspects. But a lot of it is being able to understand that we have no control over what has already been done. But there's so much impact and there's so many things that can be changed how we choose to um, pretty much address that situation. 